Did you know Unity Online Radio host Suzanne Kiesman is also a prolific author? Her fascinating book, Messages of Hope, tells about her journey from serving as a Navy commander to becoming an evidential medium. Now, Messages of Hope is available as an audiobook. The author reads her own work, unabridged, as she tells how she became convinced that those we have loved are always with us. The Messages of Hope audiobook is available exclusively on audible.com. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey there, everybody. I'm so happy to be with you, and it's a beautiful afternoon, late afternoon here in Wiltshire. The uh, sun is out, which is nice, and uh, the birds are having their fun. And I am excited. Today is uh, a wonderful day because I have a, a guest, Robert Holden. Welcome, Robert. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> and uh, some of you may know that Robert was just one of the teachers in the recent Living a Course in Miracles series that we finished last week. And uh, I have, I'm so excited to welcome him and to share the beautiful work that he's doing. But as always, we're going to begin with a prayer. So I invite everyone to place their hand on their heart. And let's take that breath of love and gratitude as we... declare that we are wholeheartedly available to the Holy Spirit, to the higher Holy Spirit self, to our true identity, the beloved I am that I am. We are declaring that we are worthy of divine love, which is our true nature. We are grateful and thankful to declare that this conversation, this moment right now is a healing opportunity and we're maximizing it we're saying yes to activating our awakening and our healing by hearing the inspired word of god right now in grace and gratitude we share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them in gratitude in joy we let it be and so it is amen 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 so, uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with Robert, he is a 20-year Course Miracle student. He told me he practices uh, the Course every day, works with it every day. God bless him and thank him for that because all minds are joined so we can rest on Robert's practice of 20 years. <laughs> and he, you, you might have seen him on Oprah if you're in the U.S. or you might have seen him on the uh, PBS special called Shift Happens, which is the name of one of his uh, many books. And I am in love with his most recent book, which is called Holy Shift, 365 Daily Meditations from A Course of Miracles. And it is a beautiful book. It's a collection of uh, some, of course, just some, even though it's 365, some of his favorite passages in the text, the workbook, and the manual for teachers. And it is a beautiful companion to A Course of Miracles. I am loving just picking it up a couple of times a day and thumbing through it. So I'm really encouraging you to uh, 
go get yourself this book, Holy Shift. And uh, it's a great gift for any Course in Miracles student or somebody who might be interested in the course but not ready for the course in some way. It's a great introduction. So welcome, Robert. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, and um, gosh, all the questions I have are flooding into my mind at once. And you also have another recent book called Lovability. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lovability came out about 18 months ago. And um, I'm pretty much straight away, as soon as I'd finished that book, I was working on Holy Shift. So, yeah, they both come out pretty close to each other. And, and obviously, a holy shift is entirely inspired by A Course in Miracles because it literally is 365 excerpts from A Course in Miracles. Uh, but lovability as well, which is my work, my work on love, lovability, how to love and be loved, you know, that has A Course in Miracles all over it because, you know, I can safely say that no other book has inspired me as much in my life as A Course in Miracles. And, you know, I, I want to ask you a question. You have two young children. What, what are their ages? So I've got Bo, my daughter Bo, who's seven, and my son Christopher, who's three. And how do you incorporate the course in your role as a father? Oh, that's a great question. Well, um, I mean, firstly, I think the thing I would say is that um, as soon as I became a dad, I mean, the first thing I really experienced was um, a mix of elation and uh, panic. Um, you could say love and fear, really. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, remember, I remember the moment when I looked into Bo's eyes when she was born and I was just, it was beautiful. I'd already been writing to Bo before she was born. I'd been, mm. been writing letters to her. And I wanted to do that because I really wanted to connect with the soul of who she is rather than just the baby that she appears to be. So mm. when she came and I could look into her eyes, I felt like I was, you know, meeting um, a soul in form and that was very beautiful. That was the beautiful part, and I just felt like this great love and connection. And then I also remember, you know, taking Bo out of the hospital and back home and walking through the hospital car park with Bo in my arms, and frankly, I was just thinking, this must be illegal. I shouldn't be allowed to take my baby home. Um, you know, it's like surely we should have midwives with us and nurses with us and doctors with us and you know there's just no way i can be expected to along with holly you know look after a whole real live baby uh, for the next 20 years <laughs> so you know you know how the course is it's so brilliant i mean it is all about love and fear ultimately so i honestly believe the most important thing that i can do for my family is to have a daily spiritual practice. Yeah. If I have a daily spiritual practice, then that's my hotline to the voice of love, the voice of God, you know, the true voice that each and every one of us has. And if I can take my, my questions to that voice, if I can take my neurosis to that voice, if I can take my busyness to that voice, my fears, my doubts, and really, really let that voice um, guide me, uh, parent me, um, support me, then hopefully I feel, you know, that that really is just the very, very best thing I can do. Now, of course, there's a, there's a challenge in that because before children came along, I used to wake up and meditate. Um, I don't do that anymore. Today, I'm woken yeah. up by my children. They yeah. wake me up and they're already in fifth gear and... Um, you know, in, in fact, actually, I have to tell you a lovely story, Jennifer. Um, one time, I, this was not that long ago, but I woke up um, with both of my children leaning over me, talking to each other. I could hear them saying, you wake him up. No, no, you wake him up. And no, no, you wake him up. And, and eventually, you know, they, 
I think Christopher said, Daddy, are you awake? And I said, yes. And he said, can we get up? And I said, yes, yes, in five minutes, um, which was my way of stalling, essentially. You know, I needed yeah. five minutes at the very <laughs> least to get conscious. And then Christopher said to Bo, uh, Bo, uh, Daddy says he needs five minutes. What's five minutes? And uh, Bo said, I don't know what five minutes is, but it's important to Daddy. And, and it's true. <laughs> it really is. You know? <laughs> but what basically happens these days is, is pretty much we run downstairs, we, we get breakfast. Um, sometimes I do the school runs. Most of the times I do. And actually, I don't really get to meditate until I come home from the school run. Nonetheless, <clears throat> you know, it is there. The meditation is in, is in the schedule of the day. It's the most important work of my day is to be able to consciously connect. I do emphasize it's a conscious connection because, of course, you know, the Course tells us we can't be anything but connected. But, my goodness, it's good to be conscious of the connection, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And that's, that's it. So, you know, short answer, I honestly believe the best thing I can do for my parents, for Holly, for my children, for my friends, is to have a daily spiritual practice. I, I appreciate being able to talk about this with you, Robert, because a lot of Course in Miracles teachers actually, that I have worked with uh, actually don't have children, aren't raising children, haven't raised children. Um, and people ask me all the time for tips on this and how to be a better parent and how to talk with their kids about God. So I'm just wondering, I mean, your kids are pretty young, but still, how do you feel like you discuss in your family uh, God? And do you do things like, do you bless your food? Exactly. Yeah. What, what we tend to do is just bring rituals into the day. Um, um, I think as an adult, I'm, I've missed a lot of those rituals, Jennifer. They don't, they don't seem to be there anymore. You know, we live in such a manic society. We, it's a non-stop society. We are a busy generation, and there's very little, what I would call, like, punctuation in our day. You know, it's all fast forward. And I have to say one of the lovely things about children is, is and this is absolutely a true thing to say, is, is that, of course, they teach us as much as we teach them. And I think one of the great blessings of having children in my life is that they've taught me to be more present. Yep. They are only interested in one moment in the day, and it's called now. Yep. Words like soon, <laughs> uh, later, afterwards. <laughs> Tomorrow, in five minutes, don't mean anything to them. They glaze over. They were like, Daddy, what are you talking about? You know, it's like it doesn't mean anything to them. It's almost like they are in their own version of the holy instant, you know, all the time. And so in many ways, I would say, um, and especially because I hold that soul connection with them, you know, the, the thing of, mm -hmm. as I say, writing to them before they were born was a really key thing for me to do. And also in my meditations each morning, I'm talking to them soul to soul. So it'll be like, you know, show me if there's anything you need uh, from me today. It can be one of my prayers. Show me if there's anything that you are trying to teach me today. Mm. You know, like let's keep that soul to soul contact going so that we don't get... Um, it's enchanting to be raising a baby, but they're not a baby. And similarly, um, I'm playing the role of the parent, but I'm not ultimately their, their, um, yeah. their only pet. Let's put it like that. So yeah. it all comes back to the practice. But to your point, the rituals are really important. And of course, around mealtimes, we can do that. Similarly, for instance, we have um, uh, my daughter, Bo, loves uh, angels. So we can talk about angels a lot. And bedtime stories can be all about angels. Um, mm -hmm. Angels take mm -hmm. her to sleep. Um, we also... Um, let's think, what else do we do? I mean, we also, for instance, we have Louise Hayes' I Can Do It calendar, her annual <laughs> calendar, and one of our rituals every morning is we'll go down and see what Lulu has, um, you know, has said for us today. So, you know, we're, we're incorporating it like that. Um, my daughter, Bo, actually drew the front cover for Lovability. 
So that's quite ah. sweet. So, yeah, she, she um, it was very sweet, actually. She overheard me talking to my editor, Patty Gift, about how we just hadn't quite found a symbol for the cover. And um, she literally just just uh, presented me with this image and uh, said, uh, Dad, I hear you've had trouble with the cover, so I thought I'd better draw something for you. And um, it ended up being on the front of the book. So, yeah, you know, we try to get that balance where... We're still talking soul to soul to them, and gosh, you know, if, if I would say the two biggest things, two biggest things, number one, these are the short answers, number one, trusting your children, trusting their journey, trusting their path, and trusting that they have arrived with soul guidance, trusting that they have their team of support, um, seen and unseen, is I think an incredibly important thing to do. And we know that in the course it says trust would settle every problem now. I do believe that trust is an incredibly powerful um, uh, device. And fundamentally what we're trusting is their essential goodness. And one of the things that Holly and I have tried to do right from the beginning is to make sure that we're not trying to raise our children with good behavior. Um, I think the pressure to behave in a good way, to be a good little boy and a good little girl, actually takes children away from their essential goodness. If you trust that essential goodness, if you trust that the meltdown they're having right now is only going to last 30 seconds, if you can trust that the tears are okay, if you can trust that they're having a low blood sugar moment, you know, if you can trust all of that and trust that they're always going to come back to their goodness, my experience is is that's what they do and they do come back to that goodness. So I think, you know, the course teaches us this, doesn't it, over and over again that we are wholly lovable and that we are essentially creations of love. And I think our job as parents is to try to remember that for our children um, especially when they maybe can't remember it for themselves, you know, just to have somebody uh, be that loving presence, that loving memory is such a cool thing. I, oh, I am just so grateful for what you're sharing, Robert. And I've got a whole bunch of questions. And one of them is, can you give us examples of how you don't use the practice of saying good or bad and what you do instead? Like saying it's, you're a good girl, you're a bad boy, or what? Yes. How, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I can give you, again, another little story. We were, we were um, at a place called Kew Gardens, um, mm-hmm. and we were, we were uh, just me, Bo, and Christopher. Um, Holly was away that day. She was actually on a parenting course. And um, <laughs> she basically, um, we were queuing up, uh, lining up at a, a health food shop, buying some, buying some little snacks and treats. The lady behind the counter was a new uh, person. We hadn't met her before. And in an effort to be friendly, she looked at Bo and Christopher and she just said, oh, my goodness, aren't you good little children? And then she looked in our basket and it was full of, treats, lots of, you know, healthy, healthy treats, organic and no sugar. But anyway, she said, oh, my gosh, you must have been very, very good to deserve all these snacks. And she was being very friendly, but the mm-hmm. whole emphasis was on, oh, my God, you must have been good. You had to the earn The children it. didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The children didn't say anything, which meant I knew we were going to have a conversation about this. <laughs> <laughs> and we left, the, we left the shop and we were heading towards Kew Gardens. And Bo said, Daddy, now here's the thing. So she's six at the time, you right. know, and she think, Daddy, here's the thing. I don't want to be a good little girl. And I said, okay, what do you want to be? And she said, I want to be a lovely girl. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, how does that work? And this was her line. She said, a lovely girl is when somebody just says, aren't you lovely? And then you say, thank you very much. Now... <laughs> to me, that's a lovely example of where she doesn't have to be good in order to be lovely. She's just lovely. And mm-hmm. what we try to do, for instance, let's say she's, um, let's say she's uh, done something really good. What we might do is 
not necessarily say, gosh, aren't you good at that? We might say something like, um, was that fun to do? We might try and tune into the fun of it rather than that it's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that we're anti-good, it's just we'll just try and balance it out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and instead of her feeling she's got to come and earn stars and get ticks, you know, she might draw something beautiful and we'll just say, gosh, how much fun was that to be able to draw that? Um, similarly, like there are times when Bo does have, you know, she has her moments where she's just had enough of Christopher. And um, she'll sometimes say, Daddy, I've just got to send him to New York. Can we please put him in a box and send him to New York? And, you know, <laughs> we'll go, well, let's talk about it, you know, and what would we do, you know? And we just talk it out with her and says, yeah, we'd have to put holes in the box so that he can breathe, but I really need Christopher to go to New York. I need a break. And we talk about it for a little bit, and we say, well, we, let's, you know, let's consider all the possibilities. And then sure enough, just because she talks about it, then normally what she'll do is say something like, actually, I don't think we'll send Christopher to New York. I just think I need some mummy time. You know? <laughs> and so, in a way, just by letting her, letting her have the emotion, letting her see that um, sadness and anger and unhappiness are calls for love, which the Course teaches us about, if we can provide a loving response to those, to those um, calls for love, and not make them wrong, um, I think that's a, a, a lovely way to befriend our emotions um, and hopefully, you know, find that peace of mind which the Course is always bringing us back to. That is so helpful, Robert. That is so helpful. And I can feel how much uh, people are opening their minds and their hearts to what you're sharing with us. And uh, you can hear the music. It's time for us to go to a break. I want to let everybody know you're listening to Robert Holden and myself, Jennifer Hadley. A Course of Miracles, Walking the Talk and Living the Love on Unity Online Radio. And we'll be right back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. 
Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we've got Robert Holden as our guest this week. He's the author of my new well, I was going to say favorite book, but I'll just say one of my new favorite books because really my favorite book, of course, is A Course in Miracles. But um, I'm loving this holy shift, uh, this 365 daily meditations from A Course in Miracles that uh, really is the product of 20 years of Robert's uh, study of A Course in Miracles. And we've been talking about raising children. And I was saying to Robert during the break that I had no idea I was going to ask him about that, but it just leapt into my mind and I'm following it and I'm so glad I did. And I, uh, I have a couple more questions I want to ask you on this track because I can feel it's so helpful, Robert. And, um, one question is angels. So, uh, obviously, A Course in Miracles, or maybe not obviously, refers to angels a number of times. What is your understanding of the teaching of angels in A Course in Miracles? There are some references, aren't there, to angels in A Course in Miracles. Not that many. Um, no. I, I'm think, I think it's only like, gosh, I want to say maybe three or four, something like yeah. that, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it, it's not so many, um, but I know that, um, for instance, um, my great friend Kyle Gray, who um, is known for, for his wonderful work with angels, he's also a Course in Miracles uh, teacher as well. He often helps us um, make that connection. Um, I've actually... I've actually um, typed out my all the references to angels, so I've got a file on those, and um, I'm actually looking at it now. And oh, good. <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, so for instance, Lesson 131, No One Can Fail Who Seeks to Reach the Truth. It says, angels light the way so that all darkness vanishes, vanishes, and you are standing in a light so bright and clear that you can understand all things you see. A tiny moment of surprise, perhaps, will make you pause before you realize that the world you see before you and the light that reflects the truth you knew and helps you to know the truth of who you are. And that's just one example. Another one is, watch with me, angels. Watch with me, angels, today. So over and over again, another one, just one more, if I may. I love this one. Um, Angels, sorry, around you, angels hover lovingly to keep mm-hmm. away all darkened thoughts of sin and keep the light where it has entered in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's, but I think there's only about eight or nine references ultimately to angels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the idea that fundamentally, I think the most important thing that the Course teaches us, of course, is that separation is not real. Um, as Einstein said, it's an optical delusion. So that means that the oneness expresses itself in many, many different ways. The Course talks about the great rays, for instance. Um, yes. And those great rays are not defined, but we are encouraged just to feel the blessing of the great rays emanating from God. And I think that, you know, the angels appear to be, you know, they, they are somehow the unseen hands. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to define those angels, um, but I would say... Um, Often when I talk about forgiveness, I often say to people, you know, that that for me, my experience of forgiveness is that forgiveness almost is almost like an angel in the way that it works on us. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so often with forgiveness, we we try to do it intellectually. We try, you know, to yeah. to do it emotionally, and and often it's only when we're worn out with our best efforts that this angel of forgiveness finally steps in, and somehow we are lighter and we do feel like blessed and restored again. So I'm not I'm not sure, Jennifer, exactly. You know what angels are. I, I, I somehow, I actually, to be really honest, I enjoy the mystery. I partly enjoy the mystery of it, you know. But I mm-hmm. believe in them wholeheartedly, um, and I, and I believe, you know, and I'm, I just believe in the idea, in the idea that we are supported in more ways than we can tell, and that often our job is just to be open. And there's an amazing line in the course that's never far away from me in my thoughts, which is. Only you can deprive yourself of anything. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I think that's such an important line, you know, just to, just to say, look, let's keep an open mind and let's just let ourselves be blessed and guided in as many ways as possible, including the unseen level, the unseen realm. Yeah, and I, one, I, I think it's wonderful that you are sharing that belief and understanding of angels with your children because i i in my experience with the children in my life i don't have my own children but i have a goddaughter and i have a niece and nephews and sharing with them uh the angels i think it it really comforts them and helps them because i absolutely know that angels are real in the sense of the Course of Miracles sense of the word and that they are always there to support us and help us if we but ask. And um, so being able to teach that to children, I think they intuitively know that it is true, that they are real, and it comforts them. Absolutely. And one I have to say, one of the lovely things about, you know, that, Doing that with your children is, of course, they, you know, as you do that for your, for, for your children, in a way, you're opening yourself up as a parent, as a godparent, as an auntie or an uncle. You know, they're, it's so clever, really. I, I just think when the children come along, it really is our chance to start again wherever we are in our process, you know, and just have that lovely um, miracle-mindedness, really. You know, the miracle-mindedness, the miracle-readiness just to come to God with holy, empty hands and and just let go of all of our ideas of how we think the world works and what's real and not real and just let ourselves be open and blessed and guided and inspired. And I think most of us, quite honestly, will take the help from wherever we can get it. I mean, you know, life's too hard to do it on our own and we're not meant to do it on our own. So mm. being open is such a hugely gorgeous thing it sure is it sure is and going back to what you were sharing before the break about good children and bad children and the ways in which children help us to become more present in the now moment i was reminded of an experience i had with my nephew mikey who was seven years old and uh i had i went to visit my brother and his family and I had just arrived, and I think I may have actually been coming from England. So I was a bit tired. It was late in the afternoon, and, if, you know, I had been up for much longer. And uh, uh, he and I were playing a game of Monopoly. And uh, he was jumping around on the sofa, which he has permission to do in the family room it's a leather sofa and it can take a licking you know and uh so he was jumping around on the sofa in between his moves of monopoly and uh, i was sitting on the sofa so he was jumping around me and um i was feeling uh a bit unnerved by it and i was a little less um Oh, let's say centered because of having been in the airports and on the plane and the jet lag and all those different things. So I was noticing how I was feeling, which is my practice and not wanting to make him wrong for how I was feeling or even needing to change his behavior, but instead to say, what's really going on here? And so what I got was 
from Spirit immediately was, he's so excited to see you. He's so happy you're here. He can't be still. He needs to jump around and express that feeling. So so I, I just said, okay, so I can learn to feel completely at peace, even though he's jumping around in the sofa next to me. Why not? Why wouldn't I wish to learn to have that and enjoy his joy at being with me who we love each other so much? And uh, so many parents with their children, when their children are excited and they're jumping around, they want to make them be still or it's unnerving to them, which is understandable. But um, there are ways, I think, to even to say, I don't have patience for that now can you help me out and uh i wondered if you had any thoughts about that yeah i mean uh, firstly i would just say as a you know as a parent my experience is is that every day is an epic um (laughs) there are no there are no short days um there are times at night when holly and i will be reflecting on the day and we'll be talking about something that happened in the morning and we'll realize that it wasn't that it didn't happen that morning it actually happened two mornings ago you know and so it's it's this weird thing that happens it also by the way happens super fast everybody tells you that being a being a parent is you know that the time will go by really quickly and you think you understand um but you don't because it's going to go faster than you realize Mm -hmm. it actually what happens in my experience jennifer is that it goes faster than you realize but it all happens in slow motion so it's a bit weird. So you like you can have those days where you like wake up at six in the morning, and you know nobody else is awake anywhere in the neighbourhood. You know, and it's just you and the children, and it's six in the morning, and you play together for what feels like three hours, and then you look at the clock and you see it's only quarter past six, and you're thinking, <laughs> oh my god. That's the first 15 minutes of the day? Like, oh, my God. You know, what's going to happen now? I really need a miracle, you know? And and I just think that what happens is every day as a parent, you pretty much find your edge. You find the edge of your, of your capacity to love and be loved. And, mm. um, and, and I think that's why as a parent, you know, I would say number one thing is, is compassion for yourself, you know, and just, you know, like there's a huge amount of focus on children being good. I think actually often parents just put them through so much. um, We put ourselves through so much hell, really, and guilt. We basically feel guilty because, you know, we just don't want to do a bad job. And, you know, and obviously how the course talks not just about guilt, but also special guilt, you know, the idea that we are the exception to love I think there's a special guilt piece with parenting where we're really concerned that we're we're doing, you know, the worst job of all on the road or at school with our children, you know. And so anyway, it's just to say, I think at some point the compassion is enormous. And again, that can only come from, I think, from, um, from a spiritual practice where you just, where you're able to say to, to, to God, you know, please just, please help me to love myself today. Please help me to accept your love today so that I can be a loving presence. And for all the times I mess up, you know, I'm just, I'd be really willing to forgive myself, learn the lesson, and get back to the present moment as quickly as possible. Yes. And what I can feel is people are wondering okay, A Course in Miracles tells us don't make the world real. It's an illusion. It's a projection of your mind. Now, when you're raising children, and there's no parent ever that doesn't raise a child and sometimes see the child with some kind of behavior or belief that they got from the parent that's not helpful to them. So it seems. So it seems. So... When your child is having a hard time or um, feeling, uh, well, I guess, you know, your children are young. I don't know if you have had that feeling, but a lot of adult parents, uh, parents of adult children can see their child, uh, their adult child is is struggling in their life and the parents feel 
responsible and feel guilty, uh, then what? Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, often in what the Course, I think, is trying to point out to us is that we have been trying to create a world without uh, the love of God. We've been, we've been tried, we've tried to be the creator. And I think in many ways what, ha- what happens as well with our children is we try to raise our children um, and in a way that we can almost like show them to God and say, hey, look, what a good job I did. You know, it's like, I, I can do this by myself. That's what the ego, that's the ego's mantra is, I can do this by myself. I'm a separate self. I can do this by myself. Hey, look what a good job I did raising my humanist, non-religious child, for instance. You know, it's like, and and because we're trying to prove something, it's going to go wrong in our mind. In our mind, right. it's going to go right. wrong. And right. we will blame ourselves. And we will, um, again, we will lay on that guilt, uh, us as a parent, and we'll say, oh, my God, you know, my, yeah, my child is, is biting their nails. Is that because I bit my nails when I was young? Um, mm. My child is really, really shy. I don't want them to be shy. Is it because I was shy at school? And as you say, as you go on, you know, it's like, oh, my God, my child is now taking drugs. Is that my fault? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, my honest feeling is, is that, you know, what... <sighs> What the Course asks us to do always is, is, to, is to focus fundamentally more on, on the solution than anything else. And we are told that there is one problem for yes. every, no, sorry, one solution yeah, for, for every problem that there is, and fundamentally there's one problem. So yeah. in a way, what I would say is, is that no amount of guilt can make anything better. You know, so if we experience guilt as parents, which I think is just going to be par for the course, I think that's mm-hmm. going to happen. That mm-hmm. guilt is a call for love. That, mm-hmm. that guilt is our, our sign that we need to sit down. And again, we are, and that's when we ask for, for that, that loving presence of God to make itself known to us and for us to be extra receptive to it. So I, I think fundamentally it's, not a question of whether we will feel guilt or not, or fear or not, or doubt or not. We will, um, and uh, and when we do, then that's the time to be able to sit and pray. And you know, that's when you either pick up the big book, or you you know pick up like Holy Shift or or your Course in Miracles cards, for instance. We love the Course in Miracles cards. Anything that just helps us just you know come back to that loving presence that gave us the course, the loving presence that I think really is our true mind, you know? Indeed, indeed. Mm. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness, and that is our way out of everything. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And just no amount of guilt is going to make it any better. So even though you feel the guilt, you know, meet it, but don't think that feeling guilty is the solution, because it's not. It's not going to do it. Indeed. Yeah. Well, uh, we're coming up to our break here. It feels like that's a good time for us to take a moment. And I would like to point everyone to, on my website, jenniferhadley.com, on the homepage, I have a free get over it workshop how to get over it it's a forgiveness workshop lots of tips and tools for anyone who's feeling they could use an extra support in doing this forgiveness work and when we come back with robert holden uh, we're going to talk some more about holy shift it's 365 daily meditations from of course america's work and also where you can learn about what he's offering and uh, find out more about Robert in case you don't already know. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we'll live in the love and walk in the talk on Unity Online Radio. And we'll be right back. in a state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. 
You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I'm here with Robert Holden today, and we've been talking about parenting, and Robert's been sharing about how he is practicing A Course Miracles in his family, and so helpful. If you're just tuning in, definitely get the download and listen to the earlier part. Uh, even if you're uh, not a parent, maybe you're an aunt or an uncle or a godparent, you'll find it helpful. And uh, I wanted to uh, ask you some about your Holy Shift book, Robert, because as I said earlier, I just I just think it's so well done. There's no question of your deep love and your familiarity with A Course in Miracles. And how long did it take you to, to put together 365 meditations? It, it basically took me about a year and a half. I, I knew a year and a half before. That was before I started to write it. So what I thought I would do is for the year was just go through the, um, through the lessons again and, and start to do my underlining, you know, mm-hmm. what I thought would be very good from the workbook. Um, the text, um, I really, you know, uh, that, uh, that again I would say took me, it took me a few months to do because I didn't, I didn't want it just to be a book. I wanted it to be an experience. The mm-hmm. text I've only read maybe four times. I think mm-hmm. in 20 years, whereas I've done the lessons every day for 20 years. So, mm-hmm. so I did all of that. And then what I wanted to do with Holy Shift was to follow the narrative of the lessons. So fundamentally, the narrative of the lessons is, 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 is there in the 365 excerpts. But what I have done, for instance, is where maybe there's a lesson on trust, I will have taken a quote from the workbook or the manual for teachers, for instance, or the song of prayer or psychotherapy, and I'll have used a quote on trust for that day. So that way, hopefully, um, this will be, a, a, you know, a, a great book for for beginners with the course. But also, hopefully, it'll make those those students who are, you know, really familiar with the course. Hopefully, it'll make them smile when they see. Oh, yeah, I see what he's done. He's he's taken that piece you know, on trust and put it into the lesson on trust. And they'll, they'll probably be able to see what I've, been, what I've been up to. But I wanted to do it that way just to obviously acknowledge and honor the extraordinary intelligence of the course and, and the fact that the course knows what it was doing when it put that 365 lessons together in the order that it did. The other thing, Jennifer, that I really wanted to do is to liberate the poetry of A Course in Miracles. Yes, I feel fundamentally A Course in Miracles is it's it's a combination of the best love letter ever written and <laughs> also um, just just poetry. But of course, the poetry is presented as prose, and I think this is one of the reasons why it's quite difficult to read A Course in Miracles because it is so poetic, and yet we're reading prose. So often, what I will have done is I'll have taken a paragraph from the text of A Course in Miracles, or from the lesson, and then I will have arranged that paragraph as a poem. And I think what that does is it just creates much more space on the page and much more space in the words, and somehow it just allows, it allows us to digest the words of that paragraph in a whole other way. 
And of course, with every single excerpt, I've given the exact reference as well. Um, so for those people who really are keen students, and there are many, many who are like this, they, they want to know exactly where these quotes come from. You know, that is well referenced in that way as well. But my feeling was that I didn't want to do a commentary on the course. I wanted the words to stand for themselves. But I just wanted this book to be a companion, um, a course in miracles made easy, if you like, um, a, a, a gentle stroll, a gentle walk, rather than feeling you had to look at the mountaintop and, you know, cl climb the whole mountain sort of thing. So I hope that's what it does for people. Well, you, you've totally achieved your goal. You really have. It's, I think it's extremely masterful what you've given us here. And I'm really grateful. Thank like you. I said, I am enjoying it thoroughly. And I highly recommend this to any Course in Miracles student. Uh, it's the perfect gift for a Course in Miracles student. And uh, it's a beautiful gift for anyone who is a spiritual student who isn't yet familiar with A Course in Miracles. So basically, it's great for anyone who has an interest in God and being more loving. So kudos to you. Thank well you, done. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Jennifer. I'm, I'm also very grateful just to Hay House for, for wanting to publish it. Um, for the last few years, I've been speaking at A Course in Miracles, sorry, at a Hay House event. Right. Um, and often, and often, Marianne Williamson has been giving the first talk, and I've given the last talk. So we've almost begun and ended on with two nice. teachers from A Course in Miracles, which has been so lovely. And um, I think you know, Hay House really recognised the power of A Course in Miracles, and of course, Louise Hay herself has been very inspired by the course. So I'm yes. just grateful that they wanted to do it as well. It's a, it's a cool thing. It is. It's very cool. And uh, we're wrapping up here, so I would love it if you could tell us what your website is, and do you have any free stuff for us? How can we connect with you and stay in touch? Thank you, yes. Well, I think the best way these days really is my Facebook page, which is uh, Dr. Robert Holden. And I'm on there every single day. I've already posted something today. I post a lot of the quotes from Holy Shift on there as well um, and through the Facebook page you can also find out all about my events um, you can go direct to the website which is robertholden.org and a couple of things to look out for I'd say one, it, one would be my radio show which I do through Hay House every Thursday that's called Shift Happens and you can find out about that on the Facebook page or also on the uh, website and and in terms of free content, there's just lots. Uh, I've written a lot for Oprah.com, so there's a lot of free articles, not just articles, but tests um, you can take as well and short courses that you can take as well. And that's, it. that's probably a good place to start would be all of the Oprah.com articles. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Well, uh, boy, the time goes by so quickly, and... Uh, what about any events coming up? Yeah, well, we do. We 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 have um, quite a quite a few of events coming up as well. Um, and um, in fact, there's just so many. I mean, in terms of a course of miracles, let's think. Well, the biggest one would be the Miracle Network 20th anniversary happening in the UK in um, in November. And I'll be giving, I think, the opening keynote there when I'll talk on Holy Shift. I'll also be talking about Holy Shift at the I Can Do It conference in London as well in October. That's a Hay House conference this year as well. So, um, but the, there's there's plenty plenty to look at on the events page. That's where you'll find find all the events. Wonderful. And I, I want to say thank you, too, to Robert for participating in the recent Living a Course of Miracles series that we just did, the eight-week series that ended last week. Uh, Robert did a class on holy relationship with yourself, uh, and you can tell by the sound of his voice that he has a handle on that, and it was a great and very inspiring class. That, that free class is over, but people can still purchase the Living A Course in Miracles audios at a very low cost over at livingacourseofmiracles.com. 
And Robert, I am clear. I am going to be having you as a regular guest on the show. So, uh, yes, oh, I would love that. Really, I'd love that. That would be amazing. Thank you. Yes, I'm. I'm so happy to really just uh, listen to your sharing. It's. It's uh, feels very fresh and helpful and really sweet. And that's that's nice. Sometimes uh, in the Course of Miracles teachings, we can be so um, cut and dry, and <clears throat> feels like that. Uh, the intellect is there, but not the heart. But with you, it feels like all heart. And I really appreciate that because it's clear you truly are living A Course in Miracles. So thank you. That's a huge compliment. Thank you very, very much. I did my best to try to understand A Course in Miracles, and I failed terribly. I realized <laughs> I was never going to get my head around A Course in Miracles. It had to, for me, it had to be the heart. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's the daily practice, definitely. Indeed it is. I, I, I feel much <laughs> the same as you. Yep, it's all about living it from the heart and that heart-mind yeah. congruence. Yeah. So... Uh, it's time for us to close out here. I'm going to invite everyone to once again place your hand on your heart as we give thanks for Robert Holden and we bless his precious life of love knowing that we are one with him and that our minds are joined. We are grateful and thankful to consciously be in this partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self every day, living the love and walking the talk to the best of our ability. We share the benefits of our spiritual practice and our healing with everyone because we're one with them in grace and gratitude we let it be and so it is amen 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 thank you robert jennifer thank you so much for having me on your show and i look forward to the next time me too god bless you everybody enjoy the rest of your week thank you for tuning into a course in miracles Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles. Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Rev. Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. 
Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Did you know Unity Online Radio host Suzanne Giesman is also a prolific author? Her fascinating book, Messages of Hope, tells about her journey from serving as a Navy commander to becoming an evidential medium. Now, Messages of Hope is available as an audiobook. The author reads her own work, unabridged, as she tells how she became convinced that those we have loved are always with us. The Messages of Hope audiobook is available exclusively on audible.com. <laughs> 